Uh, as you know, uh, earlier on we were talking to uh, John Le Carey. Well, actually, that interview was done uh, a while ago, as I told you, but we were cancelled last weekend for the tragedy that was um, the All Blacks. Anyway, they got their comeuppance today, <laughs> so it would appear. But you will recall in the middle of that interview, he referred to the Skibbereen Heritage Centre and an encounter he had with a woman called Margaret Murphy. Uh, and Margaret Murphy is sitting os mach as they say. Did you know who he was when he came in to you? No, good morning, Marion. No, morning I, to you. Uh, no, uh, he just came in as a visitor to the centre and he, he happened to mention the connection to West Cork with his family. So while he was there, I just... He introduced himself as David, so he didn't come in as John Le Corry that morning. He came in as David Cornwell. Yeah. So he, we just had a brief uh, conversation, and I said, "Well, David, do you know when your grandmother may have been born, and what was her name, and possibly anything else that might be able to help me?" So with the details that he gave me, within quick succession, we were able to locate the identity of his grandmother through her birth certificate and therefore then all of her siblings and, and grandparents. And, it, and he knew the details about his grandmother? He had he had her name and a rough year of birth. That's all he had. So, but because, Which was when? Um, 1876. God, roughly yeah. about 1876. Yeah. yeah. But uh, based on based on what detail he had and with the records that are available now to us online and what, with our database and our services that we provide at the Heritage Centre, we were able to identify his grandmother. Yeah, got so it. He, he was... was uh, he was very moved by it. He was a lovely, lovely gentleman, very, very warm. And it wasn't until the middle of our discussion, afterwards when he went down to visit the Famine Story exhibition, that um, his driver that day, Richard, just prompted to me, do you know who you you have here in an Irish way? Yeah. And I said, I don't, sorry. I said, David Cornwell. And he said, it's John Le Curry, the writer. And I looked and I said, oh. And I said, Tinker Taylor Spy and uh, yeah. com- a spy coming from the cold. And he said, that's the very man. So, but... David never made any reference to who he was at the very, very end of our discussion when we were talking about his grandmother in depth. Yeah. And, um, but he just leaned forward when I identified and was able to locate the birth certificate of his grandmother. He leaned forward and he said, oh, like just like that. And I said, yes. And he said, I owe everything I am and everything I have to this woman. So she was his imbibical cord as such because in the interview, which was a very good interview, I was listening to it outside, he makes reference to his mother and the lack of of that maternal instinct with her and unfortunately, but his grandmother was studying and was that that, that imbibical cord for him. And um, he was in a very reflective mood that day, but quite taken aback that um, he was able to go to visit the townland of Inchinatton. Unfortunately, he didn't meet any relatives that day because it it was a spontaneous visit but later um, I was able to identify some relatives still living in the area who are going to contact him and he's going to contact well, them well, as well. That's terrific yeah, yeah. and I have to say I thought it was lovely how you broke the news to him yeah. by saying welcome home. Well we do that for everybody because it's a pilgrim, it's a journey regardless of what request they have yeah. for us when they come into the Heritage Centre the genealogy service in the Heritage Centre evolved as primarily a famine story exhibition and also tells the story of Loch Ine. but with so many visitors coming into the area and because of the famine and emigration out of Ireland, particularly in the West Cork area, yeah. people will always come with a story or a connection to the West Cork area, but particularly to the Skibbereen area and to all the parishes within the area. But he, so we afford that welcome to everybody, right? Basically, right? You know, it's a lovely way to put it. Yeah. Anyway, he's getting an Irish passport now. Th- that's right, and he was um, he was um, quite passionate about Brexit and and uh, and all of that. <laughs> he still and, yeah, is. 
is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'd you'd have to kind of resonate and and support his his um his his enthusiasm for you know for a, a good outcome. A good right. outcome. Okie doke. Now tell me a little bit about the place that you work in in Skib and 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 how people can go about or does it all have to go through you or can people do some stuff themselves? They do. It, it answer your question. Um, like they can consult with me at the genealogical services in the Heritage Centre. Primarily, my service or the service we offer at the Heritage Centre um, is face-to-face consultations, and we guide people. A lot of people come very, very well informed, be it from within Ireland, be it from within the UK, England, yeah. America, from wherever they're coming from. But they would. Um, so a lot of people come very, very informed, and they just basically want guidance or want. Um, how will I say? Uh, um, correction in any errors that they may have or am I on the right track sort of so yeah, to speak yeah. so we have we get various requests from all over the world by email but a lot of people have a lot of the work done because the genealogical world has opened up on the internet and so many re- records and so many um, facilities been, are yeah, available now yeah, on, on, on the internet yeah. as opposed to 17 years ago when we started out all we had to work off was the 1901 and 1911 census and you would hear stories of people visiting Ireland in 19. 50s and 60s and 70s, making the long, arduous trek to the National Library, spending the entire week of their vacation there going through microfiche rolls, yeah. where now they're all digitised and parish records for all over the country are available. Civil records are now available online. So by and large, we field a lot of questions, but we provide a kind of a, an in-depth service as well, right. where we we locate and identify. How far back can you go? We Well, for the Skibbereen area, we can go back as far as the early 1800s for the Roman Catholic parishes and for the Church of Ireland Parishes, they were a different body of works. So they're um, largely held in the representative church body here in Dublin, in, in Bremer Park. Right. But some local parishes, Church of Ireland parishes, may hold the records. So when you're dealing with Roman Catholic um, parish requests or Church of Ireland, there's a difference there. But I, to answer your question, back to the 1800s. Back to the 1800s. The early 1800s. And you can take families back, like when we get a request, we can take people back to pre-famine years. You know, and that's very moving and very touching for them because with the exhibition at the centre, um, they learn in depth about what life was like for their family and why their family member or entire family or entire extended family would have left during the famine years. And then we can bring them back right back to the spot or where they left from. That is amazing because I know that very often when you were dealing with people, you know, much older people. They didn't really want to talk about the famine. No. And I, I often wondered, is that because they survived? They survived. And, it, like, I mean, it, it was a tragedy. I mean, like, some, yeah. some, some commentators would still say that the landscape of Ireland is still traumatised as a result of the famine. But, yes, for the 100 years after the famine, be it in academia and, and in books and in, in all relevance, yeah. it, it wasn't discussed. Now, a lot of people who would have emigrated would have schooled their families and when they grew right, up in yeah. all corners of the world about their family links and about lo- what life was like or what they were told. So the passed down stories. So sometimes you would have a lot of stories coming back from people. Isn't that interesting? You know, and, and, and that would help bringing us greatly. Bringing it home. Bringing it home and, 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 yeah. and, and, and putting it to bed. We had a, a visitor recently who we identified as family from the Union Hall area. Pre-famine years, they would have left in 1848 and he's made pre- um, several visits home. He's a retired gentleman, but he on his most recent visit, he's taken some stones or a marking from his ancestral graveyard and placed it through it in the bay in Union Hall as a bringing his family back, Isn't sort of, so yeah. to speak, because they live right on the water. 
So you had various stories yeah. like that. Tell me about the kids that were sent to Australia. Yeah, again, no, you'd learn so much in, in a request and you'd learn the world, what, what, what's happening in the world or what happened in the past. We were contacted from an Irish centre in Sydney for a lady who had made a request to them to see if there's any way that she could identify the place where her parents are now living or were living in Ireland. But this, this lady was um, of at least eight or nine years of age and was sent with her brother to Australia after the first, Second World War during the rebuilding of Britain where a lot of um, children were sent to Australia um, out of orphanages. and After the Second World War? After the Second World War when the rebuilding of Britain yeah. was taking place a lot of children who were placed in, 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 in orphanages were sent to Australia. Now, albeit they may have still had parents still living but for one reason or another this young girl and her brother were relocated to Australia raised by a Catholic charity in Australia and um, she reached out and tried to make contact because her parents were still living and unfortunately for that woman her parents didn't want to know when she was a teenager they didn't want to know about her so she spent her whole life she got on with her life to in, in, to a certain extent but her parents in their retirement years relocated to the West Cork area so that's where the Skibreen Heritage Centre comes into play she the centre in Australia contacts us and said, look, is there any way you could help this yeah. lady with a request? She's in her formative years. Her mobility was, um, was, was an issue for her, but before she died, she wanted to stand at the grave of her parents and reconcile with them. Um, so Isn't that yeah, so we were able to, through various means, we were able to get the ball rolling and identify her parents' grave with the help of um, the, the undertakers in Clonakilty, Charles O'Sullivan, who did an exceptional job for that lady and literally on his own back just said, I looked after the, the burial of her mother um, in the 1980s and I know where her mother is buried. I will go out and make sure that that grave, grave site is pristine for this lady to come back. You know, so, so various things like that. Right. And where her parents lived in the Artfield area, they were artists. And every year they would commission a painting for the local Artfield um, festival. And she met people who knew her parents. So, like, I mean, she had a whirlwind trip within a couple of hours. And those people gave picture of a father, a picture that her father had drawn, quite a good artist, back, gave it to her to take back to Australia as a memento. Aren't people terrific? You know, we're, we're, we're give, we do a lot of giving out, but there's... I know, the, the, the empathy and the generosity of spirit and... Because and, everybody has a story. Good, bad or indifferent, everybody yeah. has a story. And if you're on that, that journey, that journey of, of, of discovery and journey of who you are and trying to identify your sense of place, for that lady, she before before she was to pass on, and she literally said that to me, she wanted to reconcile with her parents, stand at their graves and forgive them to a certain degree. Good Lord. You know, and it was quite moving, quite moving. There's been various requests like that. Right. Yeah. So you, when you say, when somebody's going to you and they believe they come from, from, from that area, what do you need from them? Right, so ideally um, you'd need the name, the rough year of birth, ideally the parish location or the town lo townland location, but because records are becoming uh, more available and there's a great source of, of records available online via the Irish Civil Reg Registration records, like John coming in just with a name and a year, yeah. we were able to pinpoint that within a, within a short period. That's so all he had? Uh, that's all he had. He didn't have a townland? He, he didn't have a townland. Or he was unsure because it was afterwards he went to, to visit in Shenaton. Oh, right. Yeah, you yeah. know, he, he knew that it was the West Cork, Ross Carberry possible area. He had kind of said it may be in that area or the Clonakilty area, I'm not sure. But to really identify the exact location 
was 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 into that and that's what the civil records or the parish records would do for you but ideally the name of the ancestor the the parish or the town ideally or townland and rough year and uh, if there was any siblings names or just just listen to the story that they have you know yeah but it uh, there's a there's a lot you, you can do now regarding uh, the genealogy services and, and works but we've got a very very large database at the heritage center so we can pe- we can help people within a very very short period of time and you like to start with grandparents is that correct ideally because you we'd all like to think that we know who our parents are Yes. And and roughly when they would have been born, so it's 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 the link. If your parents are are are, are deceased or lost you, or if you were estranged from, you still may have their name and rough year of birth. So and with the presence of all of the online databases, you it's easier to identify your parents as opposed to your grandparents, great grandparents. Right. So we the, the the sound record base with the 1901, 1911 census and civil records, it's very easy now to identify your grandparents. So once you identify the marriage of your grandparents, you can go back and you can come forward. So identifying that would is is the key, really. The um, you really love your job. Yeah, don't you? yeah, well, it's very rewarding, and you know, it's it's uh, all we are as facilitators of a journey people are making to a certain degree, and with the the story of the famine, particularly with the amount of emigration out of Skibbereen and yeah. the, the 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 service that we provide with the story of the famine, they get a great a great sense of why and who and what happened and a sense of place and a sense of strong identity to their to their Irish connection right. and also basically walk up the boreen of where their ancestors came from. Yeah, you also make the point that you can look up wills and trusts and all of that for for uh, people who've done but they had nothing to leave no very uh, a lot a lot of the a lot of the uh, large percentage of the population of Ireland unfortunately would have nothing but for the case where you're researching a relative where they were merchant class they were uh, professional class or in the in the business sector, there is wills left for those. So depending on the background of your ancestors or the background of your pedigree, yeah. there is um, there is supports there, and you will find out a lot more about one particular line than you will another. But it's the it's what 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 strikes me every day is what resonates in the townland. Regardless of how long a, an individual or a family has left the area, there's a field called Daly's Field, or there's, uh, you know, there's there's some inkling to to a particular family. So it's the amount of senior people in townlands and local historical groups and various other people, the, the wealth of knowledge that they have that when 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 they're asked a question, you. It it all opens up. Right. It all opens okay. up. Okay. Yeah. And I understand that sometimes as you're going around the country, you hop out for for a visit to a graveyard. Yeah, that's that's a Sunday trip. Every 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 Sunday, my my young son Paddy says, "Oh no, not another graveyard, mum." You know. <laughs> but uh, no, no. And like, I mean, you're intrigued by every story. Like that lady now that came from Australia looking for that. My God, she was not going to leave Ireland without standing at the foot of her grave parents' grave and the community of Ardfield and also the, the undertaking clan of Kilty was to make sure of that and likewise myself yeah. but it's um, yeah you, you, you just get you just not get caught up but you, you you become part of it and you just want to bring closure to the people for whatever request they have and usually if you can identify a grave because they're they're taken with just standing at the foot of their ancestral graves and, and, and really? particularly in the house they are very yeah. very very taken by that and I presume for many there was no house left 
Yeah, and uh, like the main what, what, uh, term that would be used, oh, there's an old cow looked over there in the field and we would identify that cow looked to the particular family that we're dealing with. Recently, um, we had a, a gentleman by the name of McCarthy, Peter McCarthy, that came from the UK and he into the Heritage Centre and he was asking questions. Now, again, Peter with McCarthy is a very unique combination because McCarthy is so such a popular surname. Yeah. And I said, we might be able to do something for you, Peter. So he told me his story. We were able to identify the family, take him back beyond the famine, identify the townland, and he said, God, now I'd really like to know the house. But they had been evicted pre-90, or just around 1911. And I said, well, if they were evicted... 19. 1911. But yeah. the family, the legacy to the family, to that townland, was going back pre-famine years. But they And they went to the Wales... So his father was born in Ireland and left Ireland at the age of two. And unfortunately for Peter, his father died when he was five. So the disconnect was there. But he came back with enough knowledge. And he, so a couple of months later, we're down visiting the townland and we're standing inside in a friend's house who had just bought a property and done it up. Yeah. And I said, Jim, it's in the townland of Blackhand. I just said, Jim, um, love those old houses down there and whatever. And he said, I'll take you down and whatever. And I said, wouldn't you love to know who walked out that door last? And he said, the McCarthy family. And I said, whoa. Wow. I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah. And he said, there was an eviction. So with that, we've brought Peter back and he stood stood in, stood in the doorway of the house that his parents have left. So that's what you're dealing with when, you're, when you bring it down to the nitty gritty and the service we provide at the Heritage Centre basically just gives them the, the common touch. Right. Yeah. It's a fascinating area that you work in. What, what are the websites that you recommend yeah, people so, go to? So, um, like, there's pay f- there's free websites and there's pay, uh, pay sites. So the free sites are the irishgenealogy.ie, www.irishgenealogy, and the, the civil records of Ireland, by and large, for the births, deaths and marriages are available. They're free to view, so you can you can ascertain copies. Yeah. And then you have the church record database. Now, given each county and given parishes and so forth, but the, the one that's probably the, the best source would be on findmypast.ie because it's a pay site. Find my... Findmypast.ie but they have the Irish baptismal records, Roman Catholic baptismal records and marriage records available there indexed. And again, the National Library in Ireland would also... So so the National Archives, National Library of Ireland, but find my past. If somebody wants to do a detailed search, it's all there in front of them. The www.irishgenealogy.ie for the civil records, some church records, and then find my past has a wealth of it. Petty sessions, you can learn so much about your ancestral past through basic... Um, petty, um, petty, petty crimes, or or um, my own great grandfather was um, was fined for not um, for for not registering his son within the three months stay, right. and he was uh, uh, you know so like I just giggled at There's that. There's another skeleton yeah. in the cupboard. You know, I just you know. I just giggled at yeah. that. But you can find so much about right. now these days. Yeah. Listen, Margaret, uh, what a pleasure! Thank you very very much indeed uh, for coming in. That's Margaret Mar- Murphy, who's a genealogist in Skibbereen yeah. in County Cork. No problem at all. Thanks for okay, having me, Marianne. Thank Take you care. So Bye-bye. Much.